0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: So I'm talking with Anne today. If you want to introduce yourself, Anne, and, and tell us what your business is.
0: Sure. Um, I'm Anne Bowditch. I'm from hypnotherapy and holistic health. And I cover all sorts of areas really, helping people with various issues from anxiety, depression, health issues, uh, performance issues, pretty much anything uh, that they might be struggling with. So that's the basis of my business, but it can go a lot more complex than that.
1: Okay, how long ago did you start your business?
0: Well, I used to work in finance as uh, many people do and have done and in 2009 I left finance to initially start up a personal training business yeah and I did that for three years and I really did love it it was great but it was almost I came through this business through it feels like a little bit of chance but also it feels like it was the right thing to do my clients in the personal training business used to say to me if only you could hypnotize me not to eat the cake or the chocolate and all of that (laughs) And it just got me thinking, well, because so many people said it to me, and it was pretty much said in jest, I just thought, well, yeah, let's go and do that. And that's what I did. I learned about hypnotherapy and also many other treatments and therapies as well. So my business is very all-encompassing of a variety of treatments. And also it's a large part of me because it's about tuning into the person, understanding what's going on for them, and, and that's really at the core of it. Um, but just going back to your question. Yeah. So in 2012 was when I started really doing the hypnotherapy and I just wound down the personal training because I really just love this side of the business. It's it's really rewarding. I get to meet so many different people. And the fact that I have an opportunity to help people, often in absolute dire needs, when maybe other people, treatments they've tried haven't worked because I I know that I'm often a last resort for people. I know that they've tried lots of other treatments very often and some people are quite skeptical particularly about the idea of hypnotherapy because they see all this nonsense on tv and they think you know they think silly things like they're going to be clucking like a chicken and all of that so I have to put their minds at rest that it it is fine it is that they are very much in control. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you, you know that I'm very, very passionate about what I do. It's, it's a real yeah. pleasure and joy to be doing this. It's hard work, but it's a pleasure and a joy as well. Yeah, because
1: you've haven't you actually published a couple of books as well?
0: Yes. Uh, my first book was The Energy of Anxiety, and that was followed up by The Power of Confidence, which was late last year. And in fact, quite appropriately, my last lockdown, I call it my lockdown project, was another book, which uh, I've entitled Stresses of Modern Man. And I'm just working on the very final touches of that. We're just working on the back cover, working on the type setting and just pulling that all together. So that should be out within a few months, maybe April time. And. That is my biggest book, it's 74,000 words, which might not mean a, a great deal for anyone who's not a writer, but it's, it's quite a chunky book. My first book was about 43, 44,000 words. Uh, so an awful lot's gone into it, but everyone is telling me it's a really needed and necessary book. And that's the books have been sort of an offspring from my work. And yeah. the reason that I started writing them was really because I realized that not everybody can aff- afford this sort of therapy. And I thought it's another way of just getting some information out there to people, some techniques and helping people gain greater insight into their well-being and can make some transformation for themselves. And actually, a lot of my clients have bought the books as well. And it's a nice little extra support. They say it's a bit like having me with them and those little reminders where, you know, it feels a little bit like I'm, I'm reminding them of what we've done in the sessions.
1: Okay. So do you still do any personal training at all?
0: No, I stopped that 2012. More or less, the hypnotherapy side of things kicked off really strongly right at the beginning. And I was, to be honest, quite burnt out at the time. When I started working for myself, I just really burnt myself out. And so the hypnotherapy had to get... um, Sorry, the personal training had to go. But, you know, it, it was the right decision for me. And even though I did enjoy that side of things... Strangely enough, most people probably associate me with sport, but strangely, the mind has been something that has been something that's really captured me and seems to work well with the way my brain works. I seem to be able to, apart from anything else, sort of a big part of what's important for me in my work is making people feel really comfortable, feeling valued and valid in their points, making them realise they're not alone in their thoughts and feelings. And bringing that more human touch to therapy, but also yeah. just to sort of be able to get through to where the crux of the problems are and understanding okay. people on those levels as well. And it just somehow my brain seems to work in a way that manages to work through that. All right. Well, with
1: the going, trying to find out a bit more about yourself with the um, personal training, I'm, I'm going to pretend I know nothing about you, but where, <laughs> where did the personal training come from? What were you doing before that?
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm cycling has been a big part of my life. Well, sport in general, probably from secondary school. And sport's been a really good focus for me. And I think particularly through secondary school, you know, I played hockey, I've played hockey for the islands. I, I also got into running around for the island. And then I got into mountain biking and then into the roadside as well. So cycling. Took up an awful lot of my life really for a long time. Um, and then actually, it was when I was in finance, I was thinking, well, I probably should, you know, give work a little bit more focus now because I'd always put so much into my sport and was going to study some exams. And I was talking to my husband about it who you know, yeah. and <laughs> as you know, he's always got an opinion on things. Yeah, and I was just going to d- say,
1: because you, you've got a separate little unit for your business in the back, it's probably good that you two have got that separate space while you're locked at home. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, actually I'm, I'm in the house at the moment, but uh, yes, I do like having my separate little unit. And uh, he, he's actually very sensibly said to me, well, why don't you learn something that you're interested in? And yeah. I thought, well, that's a novel idea. <laughs> Most <laughs> of us just plod through life doing things we think we should do yeah. and it just made me think and I did give it some consideration and the personal training side it sort of obviously was an offspring from from the sports side of my life and it gave me that independence as well and diving in and this, that side of things took off very very quickly as well which is why I then resigned from my, my finance job. Yep. and um, got into that but you know I'm, I'm immensely grateful for finance because it put me in a position where I was able to do that so I know sometimes finance takes a bit of a hard wrap but I think we're very lucky on this island to have it because it is at the background of where a lot of money comes from.
1: Obviously yeah I mean I've, I've never been against finance but the only criticism I've got not of finance but of our states is they're, they're too finance centric there's uh, not enough thought of, of anything else really, and that that's part of the purpose of these podcasts is just to make people aware of the diversity of different business, small businesses we've got on the island. We've got a lot of creative entrepreneurs on the island. That if they were given a, a little bit more assistance by the states, listening, um, help help with training, all, all sorts of little things that uh, um, we, we could be more than what we were doing currently. But um,
0: yeah. I I would agree with that because I've always felt that we have been too finance focused and if anything happened with finance where does that leave the island and I've always felt really we should have tried to keep and I know it's not easy but try to keep more in with the tourism side because that is a a brilliant thing that we have and again we're very lucky to have that so and, and then you know, offsprings from, particularly now that we're in this sort of, you know, virtual age, and in fact, more so than ever now, with we've, we've lockdown, half the world in lockdown, um, then that would be, you know, a sensible way to go, how can we make this work for us? You, you know, we all have yes. to do that. How can we make this work for us? So I think, yeah, absolutely, we we should be recognised. And I think the thing that has brought this even more to the fore from for me is, you know, we have a, a small business page on Facebook. We've got a group going now, and it's really opened my eyes to so many of the small businesses that are on the island and serving the island. Yeah. And it's a really positive thing. And what if the last lockdown made me think about anything? It was very much about how can I buy things on the island? And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll pay that bit extra because I know the money's going back into the island. I had my last set of books printed on Ireland because I wanted to invest in, in that. I could have gotten them done cheaper elsewhere, but it yep. was a really quality job as well. And I'm really, really pleased with the quality of the work that was done.
1: Okay. It's interesting that um, when you went for, because, because the island does have a lot of personal trainers. So mm-hmm. there, there is a lot of people that enjoy sport and keeping fit here. But it's interesting that you, you transitioned from that to hypnotherapy, that there's more demand for hypnotherapy than there is uh, for people who just wanna keep fit. Um, Do you think there's any reason for that here?
0: I don't know if there is. I think like you say, there's a lot of personal trainers now. When I started personal training, there weren't so many independent personal trainers. Um, There were a lot less. So I think what might be more the case is there's probably less people doing what I do and it's particularly for a business like I have it does take a while to build that reputation. Uh, I I already had a bit of a launch of a reputation partly through my personal training and again partly through my sports. A lot of people sort of knew of me and that does help but also most of my work comes via recommendations Mm -hmm. but a lot of people again with this sort of industry they don't that this is a very private area for a lot of people. You know, some people don't want other people to know. So sometimes you might have done an amazing, you know, job, if you like, piece of work with somebody to get them from a really bad place into a really good place. But if they choose not to tell anybody, nobody else is going to know about that good piece of work. So I'm in many ways, in terms of recommendations, I'm quite reliant on, people being happy to speak about their experiences and often it happens more so they might have a friend or a relative who's maybe going through a bad time and then it's normally that's the point at which they might open up to them and say oh you know I saw Anne and um, why don't you get in contact or I'll get in contact for you so that side of things quite slow so I think and i as i said earlier i think a lot of people come because to me when they get to the point of having tried lots of other things that haven't maybe worked for them uh, and it's almost like right well i've got nothing to lose i'm going to give this a go but actually it's really just working with the mind with that important yeah. part of the mind we call the subconscious and i could get you know i you know I, as i said i'm passionate about what i do i could go into that in a lot a lot more detail Um, But it's not wizardry. It's not magic. Sometimes it feels a bit like that because occasionally you can get these really amazing and quick results with people. But, um, you know, on the whole, it's just understanding the person, the mind, and bringing the very best out of them.
1: Yeah, I was um, listening to a a TED talk the other day, um, a lady talking about ACEs, which is an acronym of Adverse Childhood Experiences, which is basically kids that have faced trauma through um, physical, sexual abuse, neglect, all sorts of horrible things. And uh, it's all about how the brain develops. I mean, even from like one to three, the the way that the networks are being made in the brain is affected by these traumas. And it can affect people's behavior and health, even heart conditions when they're older by how their brain develops. Um, And I I was listening to it and it says, uh, obviously, if you can't get early intervention, once they're an adult and they're suffering from these health issues, they were saying about um, referrals for simple um, treatments like just going to bed earlier and just taking exercise and things like that. And I think that that could work here Um, instead of sending someone that's got mental health issues or or anything like that. rather than turn them on onto drug dependency by giving them opioids or anything like that by a doctor that refer them to people like yourself for, for treatment to, to actually work on the cause of the problem rather than just sort of masking it or putting a plaster on it um, can you expand on that anymore
0: yeah absolutely we can are we are affected from the point of being in the womb so you know for instance if if I don't want to sort of um, make any mums feel bad, it's just a fact of life. If mother is stressed or ill or anything from that point, it -hmm. can have an impact. And we're especially susceptible up to about the ages of six and seven, that's when we form most of our beliefs. So if we think, if we pick up on something and it, it might on the face of it as an adult look like a very small incident, But if we form a belief, then that we're not good enough, or we're ugly, or any of those things, it will have that massive knock on effect through life. And so that's why I work with the subconscious mind, because that then is able to resolve what's gone on there and create much more positivity in the mind. So you're right. And I think, you know, yes, I would, love the states to look at what we have in terms of holistic therapies and I know there's questions over um, qualifications, authenticity and all of those things and I know certain things would need to be put in place on that but you know some of us are getting great results and a lot of people still don't know about what we do and I think there is an opportunity there missed by the states to be able to refer to people like myself and and other independent practitioners out there.
1: Well, I mean, it it must cost the states more to send to a doctor and then um, subsidise the the treatments. I mean, and and plus, you're you're making people dependent on substances. You're you're just moving the problem from one area to another.
0: Completely. Um, I mean, I I am not a fan of... um, medication i realized that very occasionally for some people in a for a short period in their life they might need that little bit of help just to you know in 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 line with having some therapy treatment to get them on track i get that and that's fine and you know there might be some people who suffer severely with mental health issues who might need more long term but yeah. as a general rule if people do get the right treatment and also as you've pointed out, do the things that they need to do for their well-being, very simple things, you know, eating mm. well. And they often need guidance to do that, exercise, whether they like meditation or, or doing a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Um, there's lots of things I, I really encourage people to be creative in whatever way works for them because creativity is a great way to sort of almost switch the mind off from all of those yeah. ramblings that we have in the day. But, but yeah, I mean, what what I like to see is when a lot of my clients are on medication and then I always, I always advise that if they're coming off medication, you've got to do it through your GP. Yeah. You've got to do it steadily. So you, I never advise it in terms of medication. But when they do start to come off it and they realize that you don't need that to prop you up, the medication, all it really does is mask symptoms. And a lot of people get side effects as well. You know, some of them have been quite horrendous. So yeah, I think we need a different general approach to health and well-being because many of the health issues that people have and not just the mental side, but the physical stem from stress.
1: Yeah, of some um, sorts,
0: it, stress, trauma, you name it.
1: Oh, uh, big time. I mean, the, the sad thing in in Guernsey, and it's probably the same everywhere, is it's good that there's been a campaign to make people aware of mental health issues. But there are people who they'll say they've got depression. They'll be all over social media telling everyone every day they've got depression I've seen depression. I mentioned this in a, in the podcast to Sean Wilson from The Carpet Doctor, how I'd been asked to um, go and take a team of blokes to a flat and empty it because this guy, uh, the, way, the way he was living, um, it, it, basically, he's just living in his own mess. It, nothing was getting taken out of the flat. That's real depression. This guy wasn't on Facebook telling people what his life was like. That's real depression. And it's sad that people exploit it, but that, that's where um, they need proper assessments. And, and the same with anxiety as well. But it's that, that, that's what real anxiety, real depression does to people. It, it's not being on Facebook every five seconds, telling everyone what, what's happening in your life. And that, that's a big part of actual that, that can cause problems in people is the, the amount of time that they're spending on social media. I, I'm bad for it myself, but I'm not telling people that I'm suffering from depression or anxiety.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, seconds. social media is, is definitely an issue in itself because, you know, you messaged me or last night about doing this and I had to apologize to you this morning, didn't I? Cause I said to you, sorry, my phone's off at eight o'clock at night.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm actually making my way to bed at half nine, but you know, because I made that well-being decision. And in fact, at the moment, I'm actually turning my phone off even earlier because I'm just finding I need to do that. I need to switch off a lot earlier because at the moment, I, a bit like you said, I'm a little bit more on social media because we're talking to various people. Yeah, so
1: exactly, yeah.
0: I think that's an issue. And I think, um, yes, it's important to take action and to look at your actions and why you might be doing that. Why are you posting those um, points on, on Facebook? and i've i've seen people with anxiety severe anxiety and severe depression and i'll tell you what one thing that is is important is these are amazing people you know i i really do respect them because i i see what hell they've been through and i see what hell they're going through and a lot of these people are, are even holding down jobs you know some of them have had very or like, you know abusive childhoods in various formats yeah. whether that's through neglect or something else and some of them just absolutely incredible people and that's again that's what makes me so thankful for what i do because um it gives me great perspective on life so yeah. i think the important thing is you know a message then to, to anybody who might be suffering from any issues such as anxiety depression whether it, it could be self-harm ocd there's you know whole wrath you know and addiction as well is do something take some action that's going to help you don't just sit in that place you know it yeah. might be where you get a book uh, that is a, some sort of book that might help you understand yourself better it might be that you go onto youtube yeah. and you find some positive videos um if that's the first step that you want to take then that's great or it might be you actually get yourself out there in the fresh air because that in itself really, really helps. But don't yeah. be walking around with your head in your phone.
1: You know, exactly. Put the phone so
0: away or leave it at home.
1: Yeah. Social media is a really useful resource for contacting people, for reaching people for business, for sharing things like this. But Absolutely. it's it's a time vampire and it just sucks so much time out of your day and you get nothing done. Um, I'm going to try and make a point to actually get out and have a walk today. I've actually not been able to because I can't. as soon as I put some shoes on, and I've got an ingrown toenail, which is agony. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get out today at some point. It's actually stopped raining and it's shot and the sun's shining at the moment. But that, yeah. like you say, that, that's what people need to do is just do more positive things. Go to bed a bit earlier, close Facebook down, stop messaging everyone and, and just get out there yeah, and do some things.
0: The thing is social media in itself doesn't have the controls that we need as human beings. So we have to set our own boundaries, you know? So like if I'm, when I'm doing my writing, I can easily get distracted particularly by, by Twitter. And so what I'll do is I'll often just close them all down, Yeah. you know, and I'll just away from the phone, put or switch all notifications off. And I'll just crack on. And sometimes you've got to do that. And, and like I say, it's not always got to be something that's really complex. For instance, one of my male clients who was um, sort of suffering anxiety, uh, one of the things I, I got him to do was to do jigsaw puzzles. Now, at first, he said, you always felt you should be doing something else, you know, because you always feel you've got to be doing something productive. And I'm very much like that as well. But actually, after a while, he started to quite enjoy doing the jigsaw puzzles, almost got quite absorbed in them. Yeah. And they helped him. So don't sort of underestimate the benefit, but don't just give something a go for five or 10 minutes. Give it at least a couple of weeks to see, you know, yeah. how it's making you feel. Because you're not necessarily going to appreciate it at first because it might feel strange. But as it starts to feel more normal then over time, you're going to reap the rewards. And then think, well, what else can I do that's good for me? I'll drink a bit more water. I'll cut down on caffeine or I'll knock back the alcohol, you know, and just take little steps. You don't have to change everything that you're doing all in one go. And I think that's sometimes what people fear is that everything's going to be taken away. And we're not looking for perfection. It's just about changes, you know, that get you to feel better. So it is about it's taking a lot of responsibility for your own your own well-being, really.
1: Well, running a small business in Guernsey, if, if you could say anything to the States, if they were listening to you um, to help you, your business, or, or anything, um, what would you say?
0: I think clarity is one thing. We really do need clarity on the messages that we get. And I know, again, I understand the pressures the States have been under, but they're, you know... I think We want to know what support we're going to get. We want that to be clear. Obviously, any processes for claiming needs to be clear as well. And I feel like we're really doing our bit. You know, we're not seeing the people. I'm not seeing my clients, uh, except for occasional Zoom client, but most of my clients want to come to my studio. And so we're doing our bit. And I think just being informed and, you know, I personally... It would give me some, I know they might not know exactly the source of the outbreak or whatever, but, and I don't necessarily need to know names or anything like that, but just to understand, like, we know where this outbreak's originated from, because then we can do something. Yeah. So, and I feel because we're, like I say, we're doing our bit, we want that clarification from the states. But I think for us, it's the funding is massively important. There are some businesses that might not make it through this lockdown
1: i I had a phone call this morning from someone tearing his hair out basically um for anyone listening we we've been absolutely clear of covid since i think it was may wasn't it we've Mm -hmm. had no social distancing no masks nothing we've basically been living a normal life the only restrictions we had was if you were coming to the island you had to do 14 days self-isolation um and that's well, it's worked up until uh, last Friday, a week ago now, because it's Friday today, I think, isn't it? <laughs> I'm losing track it of time. <laughs> yeah. Last Friday, they found four cases in the community that they, they couldn't trace back to to any travel. So all of a sudden, bang, there's a, a cluster on the island that's just come out of the blue. And now there's over 100 cases in, in, in less than, well, yeah, in a week. So we went straight into lockdown the next day, which is good because hopefully it'll yeah. be gone and dusted in a few weeks rather than going in and out like a yo-yo like the UK. And at the moment, we're basically, with no warning at all, our businesses are, are shut down. And someone phoned me and, and said, what are you doing? What, what should I do sort of thing? Just, just to give himself some clarity like you say. And it, it's, it's difficult. There's tough decisions to be made because no one knows how long it's going to go on for. There's people paying yeah. staff, and it, it's worse the more staff you've got, because our states, which is our government, that's that's what our government's called the states of Guernsey, they, they're they willing to pay 80. The co-funding agreement is they'll pay 80 percent of minimum wage, and we have to pay the rest of the 20 percent. But the problem is, if you're not working any billable hours, that's whatever, 20 percent of minimum wage, um, out of your own pocket and when you've when you've got other existing costs that are continuing like rents and insurances and things like that and mm-hmm. and any uh, finance agreements it's just it's a tough decision for some firms that are having to look at making their staff redundant because they've got no guaranteed yeah. work to go back to that they'll still be a business there otherwise it, but yeah it's really tough That's, at the moment exactly, so, yeah yeah Yeah, i mean
0: i saw i did see someone put on on facebook that you know is that the best decision to you know um make all my staff unemployed is that going to be what's going to be the best outcome and which is quite a a sad place to come from really um and you know again cuz i suppose i'm so in tune with it i see the you know i think of the emotional side of it all as what that does to the business owners to have to feel that they've got to do that and then for the staff as well so there's, exactly. there's such knock on effects you know yeah. it and like even like for me personally when, when when we went into lockdown the thing that i find is i seem to like to feel useful it's yeah. important for me to feel useful and i you know so i think that might be I mean, I think I'd already started my men's mental health book just before lockdown last year, but it gave me that drive and that focus. Um, and I think that's also, the thing is that's, that would be a message maybe to to anybody who's in a situation where they are sort of locked down and just really, really struggling, just try to find something that you feel is sort of helping you feel useful. And whatever like that taking may part be. In one of my
1: podcasts.
0: Taking part in one of your podcasts, <laughs> you know, just putting something positive out there on social media. Exactly, yes. Um, just you know, whether it's offering to do shopping, obviously within all the guidelines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, whatever it is, even within your little unit, just try to do something that that fills your day in a really positive way. Get yourself absorbed in something. Um, it doesn't have to be for someone else it can be for you but just get get yourself sort of absorbed in something so that the days are feel productive because I think I think generally people like to feel quite productive i i know I certainly yeah. do so I think it's good just you know like I say whatever it is but fill your day you know have a plan fill your day I mean for me the days are going so quick I feel like I'm not getting anywhere near all the things i want to get on with
1: that's because you've got to chase around after mike and tidy up after him picking up his pants and socks. <laughs> well, <yeah.
0: laughs> the problem is he thinks, he thinks i'm on holiday that's the problem so uh, yeah normally he does the shopping and i got sent out yesterday to do the shopping which i hate doing at the best of times so uh, i think i win wife of the year competition right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay then Anne, have you got anything else to add at all
0: um, I think only really, if someone is sort of suffering at all with a sort of mental health or really on the breadline then do reach out, you know, people don't want to see you suffer and there will always be people out there willing to do something to help you. So don't suffer in silence, speak up, have a chat, send a note to whoever on messenger, um, that, you know, there are people out there that that will help and and also just to say to you ross that yeah i know you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart and as you know i was right behind you on the campaign and i I was disappointed that you didn't get in because i knew you'd be a good um ally for us there in the state so but you're doing everything you can outside of that and you know and to all, all small business owners Get yourself on these podcasts because Ross is doing a great job here and it's your opportunity to speak out, to say what you need and to put your messages out there.
1: Thank you. Okay, Anne, we'll we'll wrap it up now. Hopefully uh, this lockdown doesn't last too much longer. They've said an initial two weeks, but it's it's probably looking like it's going to be longer than that. um, I think longer. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, hopefully we're all back trading soon. and, And thanks for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Pleasure. Take care, eh?
1: Right, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to Labour Force Chat and tune in next time. Cheers.